Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking about functional lab testing for hormone imbalances and finding the root cause of them. My guest is Jen Maleko. She is a practitioner who supports busy health-minded professionals in taking back their health and giving them access to the right lab tests and resources so that they can find the missing pieces of their health puzzle, actually fix what is wrong and get back to feeling like themselves again. Using over a decade of personal training experience, training in functional diagnostic nutrition and transformational life coaching, she creates personalized health rebuilding programs for clients that are realistic and sustainable for long and lasting results that empower clients to be the boss of their own health. If you're ready to look at the big picture of your health, not just one disconnected piece at a time, to embrace healthy as a way of being and to stop settling for anything less than you deserve when it comes to health and happiness, then Jen is exactly what you've been looking for. Her company is Holistic Health Boss, and it's spelled holistic, like whole foods, which I love, I love the name, Jen. And in this episode, we discuss her personal health journey, and it's very similar to mine and probably many of you listening. It started with period problems as a teen, not eating a great diet, but the fact that she was healthy and active she managed to kind of keep things at bay and her doctors didn't feel like anything was wrong. She was on the pill for a while and then um, turns out in the end, well, I'll let her get into it, kind of what the root of the problem was later on. But I could definitely relate to her story. And then we talk about her favorite functional lab tests. So things like the GI map stool test, the Dutch hormone panel, the her tissue mineral analysis and thyroid testing. These are four of my most commonly used ones as well. She also shares some of her top recommendations for hormone health and the importance of thyroid testing and not just getting a TSH, looking at the full thyroid panel because that can actually tell you different imbalances and what could be going on at the root cause level. So let's get straight into the podcast with Jen Maleka. Hi Jen, welcome to the podcast. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Could you start off with your health journey? Because I know it's been a long one. I think it started, if I'm not mistaken, in teenage years, maybe even childhood, and it's been quite the journey. So could you just give us an overview and take as long as you need? Yeah, I would love to share that because I think, you know, when I work with clients, that's actually the first place that I start with is you know, let's talk about your whole health history. Cause as I say, like whatever you're experiencing today is likely an accumulation of things that have happened along the time of timeline of your life. And when I look back, I can see now, you know, hindsight is always 2020, um, that there were definitely things going on early in my life that were pointing to hormone imbalances and things that I already had, you know, basically going on underneath the hood or happening. So um, probably the most prevalent, um, you know, first initial health thing that I had happen to me was when I started my menstrual cycle. So I started my menstrual cycle and I was an active um, girl, like playing, you know, basketball and doing things. So I had a re- irregular period to begin with. Like it was very hit or miss. Like sometimes I would get it, sometimes I wouldn't. And then most often when I did have my period, it was very, very painful and heavy. Like I would find myself doubled over sitting on the toilet, you know, nauseous in a trash can vomiting. And this went on for some time and it just got to the point where I couldn't uh, even, I couldn't handle it anymore. And my mom had uh, left when I was around like second grade. And so my father had recently 
uh, remarried and my stepmom was the first person that I kind of felt comfortable talking to. And so I talked to her about it. And, you know, at the time the solution was birth control, right? So I went to the gynecologist for the first time in my life and was immediately prescribed uh, birth control. And that started a 17 year relationship, you know, with birth control. But I want to backtrack there for just a moment, because as I've explored this quite a bit, you know, the question becomes, well, why did I have irregular periods uh, like this, painful regular periods in the first place? And one of the things that I really, um, when I look back and can see probably contributed to this was, you know, my parents did get divorced. And as we've seen in research that, you know, childhood trauma can decrease vagal nerve function by about 30%. And, you know, for the listeners, the vagal nerve is this main communication center between the brain and like the lower body. Like we primarily talk about it in relationship to the gut or the intestinal lining, but also a lot of your major organs. And so when we see this decline in function from things like childhood trauma and childhood trauma is categorized as something is so common as divorce by the way, and, and my parents had a, a fairly nasty divorce on top of that, it can drastically start to impact our body's ability to absorb nutrients, to digest food, which then has a downstream effect to our hormones. Uh, on top of that, when I got into middle school, um, we had just moved from the place that I basically grew up in elementary school, started seventh grade in a new middle school, met friends and was desperate to make friends, so started hanging out with um, you know, some people after school eating junk food, essentially. And we know that you know, junk food, sugars and dairies and glutens and things like that now are highly inflammatory. So that probably just added fuel to the inflammatory fire. And um, I did start drinking at a young age in high school also, right? So on top of the stress of being a high achiever, I was a kid that got straight A's and played sports and all those things. So on, on along, I had this, you know, I was on birth control. Everything was seemingly well, I guess I would say, in my younger uh, viewpoint. But again, looking back, I can see that it wasn't. Like once I started birth control, uh, I definitely abused birth control, I would say. Like I would purposely skip my periods. And then it got to the point where I just didn't have a period, even if I was taking the placebo pills. So I was really doing a number on my hormones in a lot of different ways. And here I thought that I was a healthy person because I was exercising regularly and my parents were fairly good about putting, you know, wholesome meals out for dinner for us and everything. And even when I got into college, I still like thought I was a healthy person. I actually studied fitness, nutrition, and health. And so I was applying all the things that I had learned in school in regards to calorie counting and making sure that I was eating according to what we call here in the US, like the food guide pyramid at the time. Now it's called the plate. So, you know, certain servings of vegetables and fruits and grains and dairies and things like that. And, and again, staying very active and exercising. And I graduated from college and became a personal trainer and got into the fitness world. And that's when I started to really kind of question what I had learned for a couple of reasons is one is that despite what I was doing in terms of diet and exercising, I always struggled to maintain my weight. Um, if I, you know, didn't exercise or didn't do some things like my, my weight always would rebound and bounce around on the scale. And into my twenties, I started to develop seasonal allergies, which became very intense and severe to the point where I would get ear infections that would basically take me out for days at a time. Like I just couldn't even function or I would get hay fevers and headaches and things like that. And uh, I really just started to wonder what was going on with my body. And then um, I also had a, one day that I can remember so clearly that I was sitting, you know, filling out this calendar book that we had for the personal trainers. I was the manager and I was using a permanent like Sharpie marker and I got nauseous and dizzy from the fumes, the chemical fumes from the marker, and I had to go home. So I was like, there's something that's really not right here. But every time I would go to my annual physical, I was always told that I, I looked perfect on paper. My blood pressure looked great. My cholesterol looked great. My resting heart rate looked great. My pap smears looked great. You know, the whole thing looked great, but I didn't feel great. And, you know, they always told me that I was this picture of perfect health because I, I exercised regularly and I ate fairly well. Um, and I just wondered, 
you know, what that all meant essentially. And so, you know, I was going along this way for some time and just kind of through divine intervention, I think like one of my mentors uh, introduced me to a program called Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. And the second that I heard Reed Davis, the founder of that program, um, do a presentation, it was like the light bulb went on. Like he talked about all the things about human physiology that I never learned about in my college physiology classes. Like actually, you know, he talked about the interplay of the hormones and liver congestion and the importance of gut health and all the, how all these things impacted each other. And so I immediately jumped on this and enrolled in this program, um, studied as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and began to put the pieces together for my own health. As part of that program, you do some of this functional lab testing that I'm sure we'll get to talking about. And so I ran a saliva test on myself at the time to look at cortisol and sex hormones. And, and essentially I was in, uh, I had some severe like HPA access cortisol dysfunction that was going on, which was related to probably the, the chronic fatigue. I didn't know what to call it at the time, but I was definitely having chronic fatigue type of stuff in the afternoons. Like I would drink a double Americano and struggle to keep my eyes open through clients. And I uh, did a stool sample test on myself, found that I had a bacteria um, overgrowth going on in my gut called H. pylori, which can be linked to things like ulcers and stomach cancer. But it was also correlates primarily um, highly with migraines, which I was experiencing, as well as low back pain, especially in the T7 vertebrae, which I was experiencing also that run, would run down the side of my leg. And I just thought because I was a runner and a weightlifter that it was normal to have aches and pains like that. But once I got rid of the H. pylori, the migraines and the pain went away completely. Um, and I had quite a bit of, of liver uh, congestion that was going on and I, that which made me just realize that I forgot to mention an important note um, around the same time that I found functional diagnostic nutrition I had been diagnosed with skin cancer at a very young age around the age of 24 and there was no um, family history risk factors I was not like a frequent tanner I didn't go to the you know I would I'm in San Diego so it's very sunny here so of course I would play out in the sun but nothing to the extreme and so the skin cancer was another one of those light bulb moments of, you know, what is going on here? So seeing this, these hormone imbalances, the adrenal dysfunction, the liver congestion, um, I also had very high oxidative stress, which basically is an indicator for cellular DNA damage going on. It was, it became very obvious how my body had started to cultivate cancer, essentially. And at the time I was probably eating way too many sugars or carbohydrates for my body because now I know how to eat differently. And I did eat quite a bit of fruit and sugars and things like that back then. Cause I would just, um, kind of rationalize it because I worked out so much that I could eat those things. Right. <laughs> exactly. So this pivotal moment of all this testing led me down a new path to health. Um, I became a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, which is essentially a functional health coach in essence. I changed my lifestyle. I went on an uh, anti-inflammatory diet, so gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, soy-free, really minimized my alcohol intake, like started sleeping better, exercised differently for my body, um, implemented you know, more things in my life to reduce stress, started to clear out toxins, and I felt better immediately. Like once, by the time I had reached um, the age of 30, so I was diagnosed with that cancer stuff around 24. By the time I'd reached 30, I was at my lowest weight ever, um, feeling better in my body and in my skin than I'd ever felt in my entire life and was getting married and it was great. You know, things were absolutely spectacular. So there's more to the story though, right? Like life, well, then. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, life continues to happen as, my, as I tell my clients and like, we can't always predict um, what's going to happen, the toxins that we come in and play, you know, encounter and, and like our traffic, we can't predict traffic, right? So stressors in our life. And so here I was, you know, going along feeling great. And, you know, slowly thereafter, I turned 30, um, things, my health started to decline in, in different ways again, like all of a sudden, like, weight started slowly creeping up, like over 
the, the course of about two years, I had put on 15 pounds total. And, and again, I was doing all the things like I was still gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, all these things, like really monitoring my sleep routines, like de-stressing, had eliminated toxins from my environment, um, had done all these protocols to clean up my gut, my gut health, to reverse hormone imbalances, still on birth control, by the way, at this time, um, just because I, you know, I think by that time it was kind of like a, an obsession or an addiction, like as, as women, like, you know, especially the type A personalities, we want to be in control. So the fact that I could control not getting a period and being able to travel and not have to worry about it was part of the addiction to it essentially. And, um, you know, along with the weight gain, other little things started happening. Like I went to the dentist and the dentist had noticed that I was grinding my teeth. And I was like, well, that's weird. I'm not really stressed. Like I don't, you know, understand why that would happen. And then I remembered that parasites and bacteria and yeast can trigger bruxism or teeth grinding. So I immediately ran a stool sample test and sure enough, I had some candida and other gut bugs that popped up again. And I was like, well, this is odd because I've been doing all the things to, to maintain this healthy, you know, temple of a body. Um, and then I started having uh, tinnitus, like ringing in your ears, which also can correlate with those things. And I was just busy with work and not, didn't pay too much attention. I went through my, you know, I was like, I'm going to clean out my gut with some gut protocols. I'm going to just step up my game with my supplements and my food and go on my way. And I continued to do that. And then all of a sudden in, in September, in the fall, uh, I started having breakthrough periods. So even though I was on birth control and I actually hadn't had a period in five years, I started bleeding. And I was like, well, this is odd and interesting. And then it didn't happen in October, but it happened again later in November. And then I started to develop cystic acne. And I had never had acne my entire life. Like even as a teenager going through puberty, never had acne. Um, and then I started having really sore, tender, um, inflamed breasts around my cycle. And I was having these breakthrough periods and things like that as we moved into the new year, like in January and February, the acne got worse. It was all over my back. And I was literally starting to have like an emotional breakdown about this because here I am, this functional health practitioner doing all the things and nothing was working. And I was like driving myself bananas, you know, crazy trying to figure out what the heck was going on with my body. And I started to suspect that I had estrogen dominance just because of the weight gain, the tender breasts, what was going on with my period, what was going on with the acne. But I couldn't really figure out where it was coming from or what was causing it because I had eliminated plastics, like I ate more of a low carb, like sugar-free diet, you know, things that would drive estrogen. I wasn't really doing that. And um, in May, it finally kind of all exploded. Like I woke up one day and my breast had a huge red streak across it, was so inflamed and tender. Like even if I rolled over in bed, it was painful and you could feel the heat coming off of it. It was so inflamed through two layers of clothes. And I was like, something is wrong. And here I'm thinking like, I have a history of skin cancer, that this has to be breast cancer or something. So I go to all these breast cancer and women specialists here in San Diego. And again, nobody could provide any answers for me. Like they were like, well, we'll just keep an eye on it. And here I am freaking out that it could be cancer and like, just keep an eye on it. I could be dead. You know, like this is not, that's not a reasonable response. Yeah. And one um, doctor said, well, maybe you know, maybe your 15 pounds is muscle. Maybe you just put on muscle. And I was like, lady, do you know how hard it is for women to put on muscle? I mean, I used to be a fitness competitor and with a strict regimen of weightlifting and dieting for six weeks, I was lucky if I put on like a pound of muscle, <laughs> you know? So I was like, okay, I have to take this, you know, under my own control. Like I need to be my own advocate. Obviously, like I need to be a health detective for myself. So I really was like, okay, it's got to be this estrogen dominance thing. And I just need to figure out like what's happening essentially. And I was, you know, scouring the internet, researching, trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and again, just divine intervention stepped in. And I had, I was at the point, the, the end of May after this inflamed breast, I had had my period for 12 days straight, like longest. I mean, that's just insane, right? And it was a Thursday morning. I remember I woke up and my period had stopped and I was like, hallelujah, you know, finally. 
And I went off, I was still doing some personal training. I trained a couple of clients and then I came back and I sat in my office to work with my health coaching clients and do my, my work. And after sitting in that room for two hours, my period started again. And I was like, okay, it's something in this room. Like now this, I might be sounding a little crazy here, but it's gotta be something in this room. This is insane. So I opened the closet door to get out some shipping materials for a client. And lo and behold, I look up at the ceiling and there's black mold all over the ceiling of the closet. I'd never thought to look there. And literally my desk that I worked at every day for the past two years sat about a foot away from that closet. And I just never thought anything of it. And we had moved in, when we had moved into our house, that area of the house had had a roof leak um, that my husband had repaired and kind of patched up. And that was before I got into this functional health work. So I didn't even think anything of it. I didn't know anything about mold or water damage or how serious this could be. And so we have no idea how long the mold was there for. All I knew is that I had been working from home for two years and that's when the accumulation of these things had started to essentially happen. So I immediately removed myself uh, from the room, started working at the dinner table and the kitchen, the acne started to go away. Um, I started to feel emotionally better because I think the brain fog and all the things that it was doing to me, all the toxicity was really weighing down on me. And then it was this just um, process over time. Like I hooked up with a really great naturopath who was able to kind of help me through this process because I knew all about the mold, but um, I'm not a licensed practitioner. I'm more of a, a health coach. So I can order, I can order a lot of functional health tests and a lot of other health tests. But when it comes to ordering some of the mold tests, I wasn't able to do it on my own. So I hooked up with this naturopath. We ordered a bunch of tests, found out, confirmed definite estrogen dominance on a Dutch test and um, on a blood test, as well as I was uh, definitely having an inflammatory response to mold. Um, my thyroid was a mess. Like I had been diet, like I basically had antibodies was, you know, Hashimoto's autoimmune process had been triggered. But aside from all of that, it was actually a huge relief because now I knew what was wrong and I could do something about it. So I did, and I'm sitting here chatting with you today, Vivian, and, and happy to say that I'm past all of that. I've been in remission with Hashimoto's um, since being di diagnosed. Six months later, I was in remission. My hormones are back on track. I have a regular period that's as easy as can be. I got off of birth control when all of this went down to really support my body and, and help to get my hormones back um, on track, essentially. And I can say now that at the age of 37, I'm healthier and happier than I ever was at 30 when I thought that I was healthy and happy then before this all kind of happened. So it's really cool to go through this process and to be able to share it with the people who are listening to us to give them some hope and possibility as well too. Absolutely. And it sounds very similar to my story. And I think a lot of people can relate, not particularly to the, the mold thing. I know that we were chatting before we hit record and saying, obviously it's both on our radars at the moment because it's something that we've struggled with, but it's never something to jump straight into. So if you're still majorly constipated, have several gut infections, aren't taking magnesium and things like that, aren't sleeping, then please don't jump straight to mold because it is such a complex, mm -hmm. um, expensive <laughs> issue. Um, yes. But it's something to be mindful of. So that's why I'm having guests on. And I think you were one of the first people that I heard talk about it. I actually listened to one of the podcasts that you did. I think it was the oh. journey to glow on because I yeah. was um, an interviewee on there as well. And I think yours was a few episodes before mine. So I tuned in and listened. I think that must have been, was that sometime last year that it was released? I think so. Yeah. yeah it's, been a, it's been a little while mm -hmm. since we did that one. Yeah. Cause that was uh, when I first started to hear more about mold. Cause I'd never like at nutrition school, I'd never heard of it for years and years into my practice. Um, I obviously knew what mold was, but I didn't know that it, you could get mold illness or how much of a factor it was for some people. Um, and then I started seeing it everywhere. Um, and your podcast, when you was mentioning that, it lit up like a light bulb in my head. It was like, oh, maybe this is something that I'm oh. dealing with as well. And it was. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. See, this is exactly why we do these podcasts is like, 
you know, the information will land in your lap exactly when you need it. Right. And we have to be talking about these things and sharing our stories to inspire others. Mm -hmm. And some of my colleagues in the U S have been through the FDN functional diagnostic nutrition program as well. Um, but could you just give an overview as to the approach that you take? So is it more like naturopathic, holistic or functional medicine or like a combination of everything? It's kind of a combination of everything. Like when I um, describe to people what I do, uh, I say I'm in between a health coach and a naturopathic doctor because I can run all of the lab tests that basically a naturopath can run. My limitation is that um, I can't diagnose or write prescriptions. So I can't say like, you have Hashimoto's and here's a thyroid medication for that, which, you know, as we probably both know that those things aren't always helpful. I mean, it, it may give somebody... Um, some relief to know exactly what it is and medication can be, uh, you know, an acute uh, relief aid sometimes. But ultimately, I think in both of our work, what we want to do is get to the bottom of what's really going on and why that's happening in the first place. And so that's where I really focus my efforts is uh, running a series of lab tests, of functional lab tests. These are not your, your normal conventional lab tests. So most of the tests that I do are urine, saliva, stool, um, and hair sample based. Sometimes we do a blood test because for things like food sensitivities or thyroid specifically, then the only real way that you can evaluate those accurately is through blood. And so we run these series of tests to look at the hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy, and nervous system all at the same time so that we have all of the clues at once to understand how the systems of the body are interacting independently and together with each other so we can see the common correlations and start to form a, an impression of this bigger picture of what is going on with somebody. And then we use that data to guide recommendations for diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation, and toxin removal. So that's kind of where some more of the health coaching aspects of what I do comes in. Like a health coach often, you know, typically works with somebody on a lot of those things more so than maybe a naturopath would. And, um, but it's very strategic because we're using that objective data. And then I meet with clients. We go over the test results um, in detail, go over the recommendations. And then more so like a health coach, I will meet with them more frequently, you know, every two weeks or so when we get started to help them implement the changes versus, you know, when you work with a functional medicine practitioner or naturopath, you're usually seeing them like once a month or once every three months and then you're kind of on your own. Um, and so it is this whole mind body approach. I'm also personally trained in um, modalities such as like neuro-linguistic programming, which is uh, transformational coaching essentially. So like taking a look at belief systems and who are you being as a person in your life that has maybe contributed you know, to some of the decline in your health. Like, you know, I am a self-proclaimed like type A personality overachiever and control freak, I guess I would say. And I can look back and see how those things were drivers for me to sacrifice my health or push my body to its limits. And while I'll always have those personality characteristics, I just know how to navigate life a little differently now in order to make sure that my body is always the priority and not these other things. And so I do work with clients on that respect too. And that is kind of a big part of the functional diagnostic nutrition program as well as like assessing the whole person and understanding all of the contributors to what we call stress on the body that then result in, you know, inflammation and dysfunction essentially. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold-free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores. Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. 
If you haven't already heard of the benefits of Reishi Mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system is overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, Luratia can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics. The regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. So let's take the average person who's probably listening, the average UK or US woman. Um, maybe she's got some PMS, which is common, but it's definitely not normal. <laughs> I think we can mm-hmm. both agree on that one. Um, maybe her periods are a little bit heavy. She's also dealing with some signs of estrogen dominance. She's got some um, gas and bloating issues, some IBS tendencies, and she's really tired. And she's on a limited budget, so we can't go crazy with these functional lab tests. But what would be your top suggestions to figure out like what's causing these issues? I love that question. Um, so my top two tests would be uh, the DUTCH test, which DUTCH is an acronym. It stands for Dried Urine uh, to- Total Comprehensive Hormone Panel. And it's through a lab called Precision Analytica, which I run with clients that I work with in the UK and throughout Europe and everywhere in the US. And so I'm sure you um, have heard of this, hopefully. And that test to me is like a, a, a chest of gold. Like there is so many clues that you can get from that test because it looks at your sex hormones. It looks at estrogen metabolism, which you definitely cannot see on a blood test. So we get so many clues about detoxification and estrogen balance and insulin resistance and other things that are happening from that specifically. Um, And then it also is looking at how much cortisol your body is producing and what your cortisol rhythm looks like. So that'll then give us clues about, you know, the depth of chronic stress and inflammation that's been happening based on the cortisol rhythm and where there are Um, you know, dysfunction within that rhythm, it can then help us to correlate clues back. Like if your cortisol levels are spiked at nighttime before you go to bed, that commonly correlates with parasites, yeast and bacteria overgrowth. Or if cortisol is spiked in the morning time upon waking, that can also correlate with things like insulin resistance and blood sugar drops in the middle of the night, or if it's low in in the middle of the day. And we can also assess thyroid health even based on some of these cortisol values and get some clues about what the thyroid is looking like. There's nutritional markers on there. We get oxidative stress to look at DNA cellular damage. We look at B12 and B6 markers. We look at methylation. I mean, there is a plethora of information. Like a one-stop shop. Yeah, it's amazing test. And then the one that I love to partner with that test is um, Diagnostic Solutions GI map, which is a stool sample test. And I love to look at that because gut health is the cornerstone to pretty much everything that's happening in the body. And when we think about like, you know, well, what's causing this chronic stress and inflammation on the body? What are contributors to this? Um, What are contributors to poor nutrient absorption or a suppressed immune system? We definitely want to go and look at the gut. And so on this test, we can assess like a laundry list of parasites, bacteria, and yeast overgrowth. In addition to that, it also gives us other intestinal health markers like inflammation. How well are you digesting fat? Um, What are your um, enzymes from the pancreas look like? So we can see if you have low digestive power where you would need a digestive enzyme to help boost 
nutrient absorption. We can look at the immune system and see if it's suppressed or if it's running really high. We can see if there's reactivity to things like anti-gliadin, which is an indicator for gluten sensitivity. Uh, so this compared, partnered with the Dutch test, really complement each other in a lot of ways because especially if we see low hormones, when there's low hormones, I'm always questioning diet and nutrient absorption. Like, are you eating the right foods? And are you actually absorbing their properties in order to produce hormone in the first place? Um, and then let's make sure that you're eating the right foods for your body um, to complement that as well. So these two tests, I think combined, just give a huge look inside the body and what is going on agreed and i personally run like an mlt every year just some lab work just to, even if i feel healthy just to keep my health in a good place rather than waiting until something happens like most doctors do like let's just monitor let's wait and see i don't want to wait until i get diagnosed with the disease before i actually do something about it so mm -hmm. definitely agree with both of those and with the thyroid so blood work is always best for thyroid what are the markers that need to be tested compared to what doctors typically order. Yeah, so doctors are typically in a, this is the constant struggle, doctors typically just look at a TSH marker usually, which TSH stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. Occasionally you might get lucky and you'll get like a free T3 and maybe a T4 on there, but we really wanna look at the whole entire panel to look at the whole picture because TSH is more of an indication of pituitary function because that TSH is actually produced by the pituitary to signal the thyroid, to let the thyroid know what it's supposed to do. So then the thyroid will then produce T4, which then gets converted into T3, for example. So we wanna look at all these aspects. So a full thyroid panel is gonna have TSH, it's gonna to have total T4 and free T4. The total value is kind of like the bound hormone. The free value is the unbound hormone that's actually available for the cells. Then we also wanna look at total T3, free T3, I even like to look at reverse T3 or T3 uptake, and then the antibodies, so the thyroglobulin antibodies and the uh, thyroid peroxidase TPO antibodies as well too, so we can assess any type of autoimmune uh, process that might be going on. But these numbers are important because as I was saying, the thyroid produces T4, which is then converted into T3. So if we wanna figure out, okay, well, where in the thyroid you know, pathway, is there dysfunction happening? We need to see all of this information. So for example, you could have great TSH levels, you could have great T4 levels, but then you've got poor T3 levels. Well, knowing that T4 is converted into T3, then we can look at well, what's going on in the conversion process and how do we support that? So the majority of T4 is converted into T3 in the gut and in the liver. And there's also essential nutrients that are needed and involved in that conversion. So this is where we can go, okay, let's support the liver, the gut, let's clean up those things. Let's make sure you're taking you know, 200 MCGs or more of selenium per day to help with that conversion process. Um, and then we should see T3 start to improve itself you know, over time versus you know, maybe you've got low T4, but great T3. So that means that the thyroid isn't producing T4 well, but you're actually, the, the amount of T4 that you're producing, you're converting it well. So now we wanna go and look, okay, what are the essential nutrients for T4 to help with the production and what's going on with the thyroid more closely to understand why it's not producing T4 as it should, right? So this is why you need the whole picture and a full panel and not just one or two markers because we couldn't understand those things. Um, if we just had a couple of the markers, basically. Agreed. Doctors are just waiting until your TSH gets to, depends on where you are in the world or specific states, specific um, localities, but some places it's a four, some places it's a six or a seven. They're waiting until you're like really struggling before they can give you a diagnosis and a medication. What about nutrients? So if someone wanted to confirm that they had an issue with low selenium, low zinc levels, do you just go based off symptoms or like the thyroid panel and just assume that they have an issue or do you do any blood tests, mineral testing, um, urine tests for nutrient pro uh, profiles? Uh, one of the nutrient profiles that I like to run is called the hair tissue mineral analysis. Um, and so it's actually a hair sample and it looks at, you know, basically all of your minerals. It looks at um, toxic elements too, like mercury and arsenic and cadmium. So it, and this test is great because 
based on the values and the ratios of some of the nutrients, it also gives insights about adrenal thyroid function. Um, also, if, whether you're parasympathetic or sympathetic dominance, we call, call that like your metabolic type. In a sense, um, it gives us like information about your vitality ratio. So I love that test. It's also very easy for most people to do because they can do it in the comfort of their own home. You just collect a a hair sample and, and send it in. And it's very easy to run internationally as well, working with clients. Um, otherwise, you know, you can also do a, um, a micronutrient test with a blood test to look at those things, you know, more specifically. I don't necessarily find that that's needed and going, this kind of relates back to your question of, you know, if we're working off of a budget, what are the tests that you would do? Well, the reality is, is that if we really help improve gut function, which is why like looking at that stool sample test, we're going to improve nutrient absorption, right? If we work on digestion, if we work with your body and figure out what foods like the balance of um, proteins, carbs, and fats, and macronutrients that are right for your body, again, that's going to improve the delivery of the proper nutrients to your body too. And then with somebody who does have a history of, of thyroid um, stuff like myself, I just like proactively take selenium, a little bit of extra selenium every single day. Um, I also proactively take and recommend, recommend that my cleanse, uh, clients take uh, mineral complex every day, knowing that the toxins in our environment strip us of minerals it's like, you know, we need to be replenishing them more so. And like our food just isn't as nutrient dense as it, it used to be anyways. So there is kind of like a, a hand, uh, maybe like a few, like five or so supplements that I just recommend that most people take regardless. And that we work on these major functions of the body that are going to reestablish, you know, balance so that we can avoid things like nutrient deficiencies as much as possible. Yeah, it's common knowledge that like, I think 75% is this statistic now of americans are deficient in just magnesium alone so mm -hmm. like that in itself could be affecting over 500 different functions in the body mm -hmm. if you don't have that magnesium so i did the same just assuming that you have a problem because if you're stressed if you've been on the birth control pill if you have digestive problems then you could be eating the most perfect diet in the world but still not fully benefiting from all of those nutrients mm -hmm. so i want to ask you five like top tips so to help the good thing is that these recommendations probably help the gut your hormones your energy so just like five general nutrition or lifestyle tips that we can leave with the listeners yeah so the first one i kind of alluded to is one is you know eating the right macronutrients for your body this was a big one for me um in my journey coming out of like you know being a personal trainer and having studied fitness nutrition and health uh, I thought I needed to be eating every two hours. Like, you know, as we've been told, um, I was eating fruits and things that actually weren't in alignment with my body. And one of the reasons that I knew it wasn't in alignment with my body was because I was hungry every two hours and I never really felt full or satiated. So that's one of the things that I have adjusted and I work with my clients on and I've kind of learned through the training that I've done is figuring out what foods are right for your body so that it can function at its potential. And part of that is, you know, maybe taking a look at things like food sensitivities to realize like what things are inflaming you. But the other part is balancing your protein, carbs, and fats. And when you're eating the right amount of protein, carbs, and fats for your body, you should be able to go three to five hours or more without feeling hungry. And so that's a key sign, right? And so you can kind of play around with your ratios of protein, carbs, and fats. So you find that sweet spot where you're able to go a prolonged period of time without feeling hungry. And this helps to prevent things like insulin resistance that lead to things like estrogen dominance and hormone imbalances and cortisol dysfunction. So that is really key. And also I find when with myself and my clients, when they do this, they instantly notice an increase in their energy too. Um, the other thing is sleep. I, you'll hear, if you guys, you know, end up following me from here, you'll hear me talk about this all the time. We have to learn to value sleep more than we value diet and exercise when it comes to our health. Because you can be doing all the healthy things, but if you're still not sleeping great, then it's basically canceling out all of your diet and exercise efforts. And there's more to sleep than just the number of hours 
that you sleep, what is actually the most critical part about sleep is the time frame in which you sleep. So this is according to your circadian rhythm, the hormonal rhythm of your body. It is most important for you to be asleep from 10 p.m. till about 4 a.m. Now you can go to bed earlier than that. You can sleep a little bit later than that. But that critical time is like you do not want to be staying up past 10, basically, and you want to be sleeping through 4. And that's because there are critical things that our body does at nighttime, such as detoxification and repairing cells. If we're not sleeping from 10 to four, our body's not doing the things that it needs to do. And so therefore we're, we're constantly chronically waking up unrested and that's gonna throw off our hormone balance and mess up the rest of the systems of the body too. Uh, the third one is really paying attention to your exercise intensity. I think that it's been like beaten into our head that we need to exercise intensely to get results. And that's not actually the case. This was a lesson again, yet that I had to learn. It was like through my healing process when I was, when I was slow to get results, I was doing all the things. But the one thing that I, that I hadn't done was change my workout routine. And we need to recognize that when our body is in an already depleted state because we're stressed out or we haven't been eating the right foods or our hormones are out of balance, when we exercise intensely, that places an additional demand on the body when it's already depleted. And so one of the things that I did to help myself heal was I committed to just doing 30 days of yoga and walking to cut back on running and weightlifting to give my body space to heal. And now I'm back to my regular exercise regimen but if i have a stressful week if i end up staying late uh, up late if i don't if i eat something that i shouldn't have eaten i'm very mindful of that and the next day i do not go and run my body into the ground at the gym to quote unquote burn it off i actually will take a rest day and then i'm able to recover and bounce back much better from that essentially right and so that's three. What did we say? Five is what I'm yeah. going for. Okay. If you want to. I'm sure there's, I think you've got a million things in your brain. Yeah. So like the top things that we've had, um, blood sugar and macronutrient balancing, optimized mm -hmm. sleep, um, be mindful of exercise being a stressor. So don't push it too hard. Sometimes the more restorative forms, um, people actually find that they lose weight because their body is less inflamed and less stressed. So definitely mm -hmm. see that as well. Yeah. And then the last thing that I'll say then is like paying attention to who you are being in life. I kind of mentioned this earlier. It's like, you know, this think of the scenario of like, well, I'm eating this super healthy, the super healthy breakfast or lunch or dinner, but I'm eating while I'm working or I'm rushing out the door to go somewhere as I'm sucking down my smoothie or I'm rushing to get to yoga class so I can half ass relax <laughs> to rush to go somewhere else. So Healthy is a way of being, not just doing. You can be doing all of the healthy things again, but if you were running around like a maniac in your life, constantly busy, constantly doing, you know, constantly on the go, your body cannot heal. Your body can only heal in a relaxed state. So when we're constantly moving, when we're constantly doing something, it is triggering the fight or flight sympathetic response. There's this constant low grade stress that is going on that whole entire time. And so our body cannot heal in that place. So that's been a big one for me definitely is again, self-proclaimed like a type personality control freak, all those things <laughs> um, <laughs> is I love to have a lot of things going on in my life, but I also have to be very conscious of balancing that so that I don't burn myself out. Um, so what does that mean? So that means, you know, before I sit down to eat, I take a couple of deep breaths in order to get my body into more of a parasympathetic mode. Um, I schedule two hours for my lunch break, knowing that I'll probably work into half of it and really only get an hour. Um, I sit outside in the sun to eat my lunch when the, night, when the weather is nice enough to do that. Mornings are me time. I don't start work, I don't check my email until about 9 a.m. because everything else can wait. Um, I do a meditation you know, at nighttime or do something that's relaxing at nighttime. So these are the little ways that I sprinkle it in, you know, throughout the day, but might go out and ground or something and just kind of slow down. So there's, you can be um, busy, but slow kind of at the same time. Right. And so that's really important. It's really, really important. Something I've struggled with as well, but I've actually found that the more that I slow down, the more productive I am anyway. So rather than trying to like push through and I hate the word, but hustle and get everything done with no rest. 
I'm actually like forgetting things and everything's going wrong. Whereas if I just like go slower, take more breaks, I can actually get a ton of things done more easily. Mm-hmm. I want to finish up as I do with all of my guests with three quick questions. So the first one is what's one product that you couldn't live without? So this could be a supplement, it could be an appliance or anything. One supplement that I couldn't live without. Oh my goodness. That's a <laughs> like one product. Um, I would say one of the things that I absolutely love and it's just part of my routine is my castor oil pack mm-hmm. yeah. um, and castor oil in general. Uh, I, when I travel, it's a little bit harder to bring my castor oil pack. So I have, I found this great company that does like a mixture of like coconut oil and castor oil and Himalayan salt. And so I'll travel with that. And I always put that over my abdomen and my liver because of all of the anti-inflammatory and detoxification benefits that come with that. And I love, it's just, I don't know. There's just something that I love about doing that a couple of times a week. Definitely. Like a really old school naturopathic yes detox tool love them as well what's your go-to breakfast um my go-to breakfast is actually a matcha latte so this has been part of healing my hormones and reversing some of that insulin resistance stuff that was happening with estrogen dominance and mold is that i don't really have a traditional breakfast that often anymore Um, i kind of do some intermittent fasting stuff but in the morning i will have uh, full fat coconut milk with uh, matcha collagen from Vital Proteins, and um, that I that drink will keep me full. I'll usually have that around like ten o'clock, and that will keep me full until like two in the afternoon, till when I eat my lunch. So, and it's got green tea, um, has all kinds of anti-inflammatory benefits and healing benefits as well too, calming um, factors like L-theanine, and then the fat helps to nourish the hormones. Mm-hmm. I'm a matcha addict as well. Yeah. <laughs> Last question is where can people find more from you online? So social media, your website, tell us where we can find you. Um, yeah, I am very active on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at the holistic health boss. Holistic is with a W like whole foods or whole person. So holistic health boss also active on Facebook as holistic health boss. And then my website is holistichealthboss.com. I love the name, by the way. Very catchy. <laughs> it's so funny when I figured out when I came up with that, my husband was not, he's like, I don't know. I don't really like the sound of boss. And I was like, but it's about being the boss of your own body. You know, it's like not letting other people tell you what you should be feeling or doing. It's like, you know, connecting in with yourself and being the boss of your own mm-hmm. body and advocating for yourself. So totally. thank you. <laughs> love it. Thank you so much, Jen. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.